Good afternoon and welcome to Find Your Sparkle with Jen, where you'll be inspired, informed, and influenced. I'm your host, Jennifer Stewart, mm -hmm. owner of Jazz Potential and creator of Find Your Sparkle. And today I am extremely excited to have with me all the way from Idaho, my good friend, Charlie Meekins, who is an mm -hmm. RN and newly published author, which is so exciting. I am so excited to welcome you here, Char. It's been, I've been really looking forward to having this conversation with you for a long time. So welcome. Thank you for having me, Jen. This is so exciting to be together like this. It, it is. great. Now, you and I met a couple of years ago through an online program, and we actually got to see each other a couple of times face-to-face -face and hug each other. And I have to tell you that you honestly, your energy is absolutely amazing. And I absolutely love it. And you probably have, you probably have one of the best smiles I've ever seen. Like, it's real. <laughs> I am honest to God. It, you guys will love our, and, and your energy is just amazing. But let's get a little bit of a sense of, you know, who you are, where you come from. You haven't always been an RN. I mean, you, you didn't mm -hmm. know where you would end up. You didn't think for a second you were going to be a published author and, you know, mm -hmm. having the life that you have now. So let's give our audience a little bit of a sense of who you are, Cher. Oh, that's great, Jen. Um, who am I? I am every, you know, I'm just like you and me, you know, we're, we're women that had a desire to make a difference. And, you know, uh, I decided to write my book because I wanted other women and, and you know, it doesn't have to be women, but um, people to be encouraged by my journey because my journey has taken a long time to get here. To where I could be an actual RN. And I, um, you know, my book talks about the ups and downs of the journey. Mm -hmm. But what was really transforming and changed for me was in 2009, when I, um, I had a um, just, you know, I had a tap on the shoulder when I was at church one Sunday morning. And it was just like, you need to go to your promised land, you need to finish your nursing degree. And that was huge for me. And right there, I knew that I needed to move forward with my degree. When and you, so, when you, when you say finish it, so you had start, tell us yeah. a little bit, back up a little bit and tell us a little bit when you first started your nursing Oh, degree. Jen, that's so good. So um, I went to, I started, you know, at 17 in a community college and I started as a medical secretary because I wasn't smart enough to be a nurse. Oh, and that was something right? you had told yourself, obviously. Yes, I had told myself since childhood that I was dumb one in class. Oh. And yeah, and so I really struggled through school. And so never thought my purpose would ever involve a professional degree. And then I, but I loved the medical field. And so my first job was for a veterinarian. Oh my goodness. <laughs> for two and a half years. And then I ended up going to work for a doctor's clinic, a very small doctor's clinic. And while I was working there, I, you know, I had nurses in my life that encouraged me to move forward with my nursing career. And so with five kids, I started back to school, night school, and it was uh, a challenge. And so because of life gets in the way, right? 
mm-hmm. wasn't until I was 49 that I was able to go back to school and then finish my uh, bachelor's of science in nursing. Oh my goodness, that's amazing. So what was the gap in between there, Cher? Oh, mostly it was uh, working at medical clinics and um, because the medical field was my thing. And so I started out as a receptionist, but then I went into transcription. Then I went to an MA before MAs even existed. (laughs) And then that's when they said, Char, you would be an excellent nurse. Now that must've made you feel good. How many years passed before you had, you know, that initial desire to when you decided to go back to school? Oh, Jen, you're going to date me. Ah! Let's see. So that was probably in, um, I'm going to say 2000 and, you know, five or six. Okay. And yeah. So then I, again, just started out slow. Yeah. When you, when you talked a minute ago about that tap on your shoulder at church, mm-hmm. do you mean a literal, a literal tap, or do you mean that you got a, a message? A, yeah. A message? I just felt like it was the, the yeah, it, just, it was, it was definitely uh, a prompting that I felt like the Lord was saying, you're not claiming the promised land I've given you. And I really want you to step out and be that, be a nurse. Yeah. When you got that message, how did you Mm -hmm. feel? And were you afraid? Were you apprehensive? Were you, okay, I'm going to do it. Or were you questioning or, or were you, you know, really certain that this was what you needed and you didn't care what was in your way you were going for it? Oh, Jen, such a good question because, um, like Moses, I doubted, right? right? Yes. And so I said, you know, in my heart, I'm, I'm, it's like, well, if my credits all transfer from the years before, and if I can get the funding, then I would do it. Right. So you, you well, were kind of putting conditions on there. I was. <laughs> And so that was the exciting part. So then as I put my application in for, you know, school funding, and then as I applied to have my credits transferred, everything came together. And I was, of course, in awe. So at that point, there was no doubt in my mind, I just moved forward and uh, gave it all I had. Wow, that is amazing. How did you learn to deal with your limiting beliefs? Right. That was constant prayer, to tell you the truth. Because when I did finish my prerequisites and I did get into nursing school, you have to maintain a B average to stay in school. You know, actually, it's the hardest thing I've probably ever done. And I remember taking tests and it's like, oh, Lord, I've got to pass this test. I need to keep my B, you know, and um, and it was just amazing because I just saw it all come together. It sounds to me when when you were when you made the decision to go back to school Mm -hmm. and to do it, you knew you were on the right path because everything kept coming to you and it was when you look back now would you say are you surprised how easily things fell into place once you got on that path and and took I guess taking the action to get yourself there yeah to um I really had the tools and the relationships and the tutors that I needed in my life to make me successful because I think that was part of the issue in going to school as I grew up 
I didn't have the people that understood how I thought, how I processed. And um, for years I was in remedial reading. And so when I finally had people in my life that could explain math to me, that could explain, yeah, it made all the difference for me because then it was like, oh gosh, maybe, maybe I can understand this stuff. Yeah. It was great. How big of a change in your view of yourself occurred as a result Mm. of this? Instructors made a big difference for me because I was the oldest student in our, you know, nursing group. Right. And, um, and I even had an instructor one day, I was a little discouraged because man, you can imagine. These, oh my golly. There, yeah. was some, yeah, there was some smart students in there. And I was a little discouraged that, you know, getting a 4.0 was just not in my cards. Right. And the nurse, the instructor came to me and she said, Char, I would much rather have a nurse of compassion and understanding with your experience than somebody that was the straight A student. Because I would want you to care for me. Well, that must have just touched your heart big time. Oh, it did. It was huge. Yeah. Validated again, lots of validation that you were on the right path. You have a specialty area. I do. I do. Can you talk a little bit about that and how you ended up having that as your specialty? So uh, when you go to nursing school at the last several months, you... uh, look for a preceptor and somebody to shadow in in a part of your nursing career that you would want you would want to do right well i loved outpatient surgery and i loved being in the or and um it's funny i love starting ivs i mean i was just (laughs) (laughs) and so i really thought that that was where i was headed right and so when i um graduated, that's where I started applying, right, was surgical centers, hospitals. Well, because when I graduated, I only took a two-year RN course initially, and then I found out that the hospitals were where I was applying were only taking BSNs, and so then I had to finish my BSN online, but I was a little discouraged. And then it was like, Lord, I know you tapped me on the shoulder. I know you said to pursue a nursing career. So I guess you have the right job for me. And so I quit applying and I got a phone call the next day because I just said, I I can't apply anymore. I I think I'd put out 50 applications and um, I got a phone call and it was from somebody that knew that I was looking for a nursing job with benefits and with full time, you know, because up until that point, I could only find a little per diem nursing job. And um, so I, so they hooked me up with an interview the next day. And the interesting part of it is I really didn't understand who they were, other than they provided adult um, residential care for individuals with developmental disabilities. And so we were talking. And they were interviewing me, right? And all of a sudden, he goes, well, why do you want to be a DD nurse, right? For developmental disability. And I go, I didn't know I wanted to. <laughs> and But I knew this is the interview I needed. And so it was like, all of a sudden, he said, well, what kind of experience have you had? And it was just like a movie theater went in front of my face 
of every individual in my life since I was young that had developmental disabilities. Oh, oh my golly, I have chills. Yeah, and I had no idea that that wasn't normal for people. I thought everybody had friends and families and neighbors with developmental disability friends and family. And I, all of a sudden I just stopped and I said, wow, I guess I've had a lot of experience because we would care for them. We would do respite. We would, you know, and, uh, and after the interview, uh, the director said to me, I think you've been prepared for this job for a long time. Oh my goodness. You know, I love that. And on that, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. You're listening to CIOE 97.5 FM. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Find Your Sparkle with Jen and welcome back, Shar. Now, just before the break, we were talking about how serendipity played a huge role in everything coming together for your, your nursing career and your chosen area of expertise. I mean, holy cow. How did you, how did you feel? How did you feel after that? When that fella said to you, you've been preparing for this, was it kind of? Yes, I was actually, I was shocked. Yeah, I was shocked. Not knowing really what I was going into. I just knew that it was the right thing for me. And so I was willing to put in the hard work it was going to take to learn a new nursing field that I really knew nothing about. Oh my goodness. So Fast forward. I mean, that's obviously that's where you've dedicated so much of you. Mm-hmm. That's can right. You, can you talk about that? Because I know that's not an easy area to be integrated in. It's mm-hmm. probably it's it's a very it's a very challenging. So can you talk a little bit about that? Oh, sure. That would be great. Well, I think because I already had the background of building relationships with individuals, it wasn't I wasn't fearful right? Because I think a lot of people, even physicians and nurses, when when an individual is coming to an appointment, they're not quite sure what to do or how to communicate. And so I'm grateful that that was already a part of my life where I wasn't Mm -hmm. walking in fearful. And um, so the relationship part is my strength, right? right? The challenge was, number one, I wasn't doing IVs right? I wasn't a one-on-one hands-on nurse. I was more like a, um, you know, an, a management nurse and overseeing the individuals that had chronic disease processes. And, but that involved understanding the state's guidelines and rules separate from my already nursing rules. So now I was combining two set of rules, understanding what the state required for, um, you know, documentation and how to train new staff and how to delegate staff to actually do a nursing task, right? To teach somebody how to do a G-tube, to teach somebody how to administer insulin to somebody that's not even medical because um, every state does it different. But in the state of Oregon, they allowed caregivers, they allow caregivers to do nursing tasks. So that was huge. That was huge. Oh my goodness. So Mm -hmm. you've been in that industry for how long now? Actually seven years this last week. Yay. Congratulations. That's awesome. Now, 
you've had a lot of things happening in your life, including your new book and published, yes. which I'm so excited about. Can you talk a little bit about your own personal journey and, you know, being true to you? Because you look, you look absolutely amazing. And I know that there's been lots of things happening. Can you share some of that with our audience? Sure. I think... Um, the journey has been really in the last decade and just finally making that choice to go to nursing school, whether anybody agreed with mm. me or not, because my mom would say, why would you choose to go back to school now? Right. Um, I had five children at home. I was full working full time. So it was um, a real challenge for me to move forward. And I just had to put the blinders on and literally uh, go for it because I knew that's what was on my heart. So over the last three years, when you and I, we connected through Unstoppable Influence, I started understanding that I had wanted to make a difference since I was a little girl. Right. And that I, yeah, and that I could dream bigger and I could move forward. And what I realized is there were toxic relationships in my life that kept me suppressed. And Aww. sad to say, one of those was my own husband. And I kept having hope and hope upon hope that he would join me in the journey because he, he, would, he really didn't have his own journey. And so I kept thinking, well, he'll join me in the journey and he'll be able to go do speaking engagements with me and go train and teach people because he had been involved with individuals with DD just as much as I had. Right. And I just wasn't seeing that coming forth. And I just came to the realization this year that um, we weren't on the same playing field. We've been married for 37 years. I had been trying to make him happy in a career or in life and we would move and we try different jobs and finally I just came to the realization as I was working with uh, someone for you know processing therapy I realized that you know it's not going to change after 37 years it's not going to change and so I was able to make that decision that when I was being pressured to make a decision, um, well, do you want a divorce then? I was, for the first time ever in 37 years, I was able to say yes. Oh my God. And of course, yeah. And of course that's painful for us as a couple and for my children and grandchildren. But I can tell you, I just know, I finally separated myself from the truth that I couldn't fix his journey. I could only be on my journey. And that has given me a lot of peace to be able to acknowledge that. I, I love that. And I'm sure that there are many people who are listening right now that can relate to that. When you think mm -hmm. about, when, when, you, when you reflect back now, Char, mm -hmm. how, how challenging and how difficult was it for you come to that realization and then once you made the realization verbalize it um well it's interesting uh, I am kind of an all-or-nothing person <laughs> and so when I make a decision I typically just go with it right and um 
So from the moment I said yes, it was probably, you know, by the end of the month, I was moved out into my own apartment. And now, but to, get I think, to the, get to those yeah. conversations, how was, how was yeah. that? How did those conversations start between, between you? Because I know that I cannot only, yeah. can only imagine how hard that is. And I know that for people out there, what can you say to help people to, to get the courage to have that conversation? Well, I think the courage was coming through the last previous several months was starting to, to speak truth, be my authentic me, make, you know, instead of trying to please others all the time, I started saying what was on my heart and not walk in fear. And so it, it was, a, you know, I know it had been going on for a long time, but the re realization really started um, like six months before. And I started understanding what codependence was, what narcissism was, even though that's a diagnosis, you, I still were seeing patterns. And what um, me, uh, how I had, uh, um, and, you know, what I was enabling somebody to continue in that same uh, journey, right? And it was like, wow, that was sobering that I had saw, that I saw what my role in that had become. Wow. So, yeah. So you, I guess, have it of being codependent in that relationship. Right, right. So talk about now what how your life has changed. Right. So I just realized today I've lived alone for five months now, and it's been, you know, 40 years since I lived alone. Um, Cause I always had roommates and then Vern and I were married 37 years ago. And um, I realized for the first time that I'm responsible for me. Mm. How's right? that feel? Oh, it's so different. It's like, no, that's your choice. No, that's your choice. And it's not based on what somebody else would think or say. And that's brand new territory for me. Oh, my goodness. How did you, can you talk a little bit about how all of this led to you writing the book that you, that is now? Well, that started, that, yeah, that started a year ago, December. And I was wanting to, um, I had started my, a year and a half ago, I started my own contracting nurse business so that I could contract with several agencies who supported individuals rather than just one. And in that process, somebody said to me, my business coach, they said, Shar, you should really consider writing an ebook and have it on your website and something that people can get to know you, right? And so I took them to heart and I started writing. And then all of a sudden I realized how valuable it would be to help give nurses and people in the DD community information about being, building relationships with each other and making, uh, making individuals successful and making the caregivers and the nurses successful. It was, so that was what was on my heart. Yep. So uh, the cool thing was I had no idea what to even call it. Right. Wow. And so it's the path of purpose, the power of focus, support and targeted care. Oh my God. I think too often when we're giving care to somebody that is disabled um, or elderly or younger, we have a tendency to parent right. rather than, right. Rather than, um, treat them as adults with respect and helping them process and make choices for themselves. 
Holy cow. That's a really, really great point. I, <laughs> I love that. And you know what? It's, it's kind of like a light bulb just went off for me because you're so right. Mm-hmm. I had never thought about that before, but you're absolutely right. We do tend to treat them like our children. That's right. And wow. it's so bad. Yep. Yeah. Oh my golly. I feel like I'm just, I have all these things running through my head now. Mm-hmm. And so who is your book for sure? Um, my book is, um, Really, it's for anybody within the DD community, but my heart and desire as I'm starting out is to uh, help other new nurses that are onboarding with developmental disabilities because it was a huge learning curve that was so challenging. And those first three years, it was like, I didn't know if I would ever understand the, the rules and the, you know, everything that was involved. Um, Because there was a lot of changes in this field taking place at the time in the U.S. And um, yeah, and so I had to find other DD nurses who could answer my questions. And I just knew that there's not enough community nurses out there that will support uh, an individual with DD. Oh my golly. I love that. We are out of time. I know that we could talk forever, but my final question for you is what makes you sparkle, Char? Oh, what makes me sparkle? (laughs) Actually, you know, to be honest, that knowing that I am loved by my creator who has purpose for my life and he's brought that to fruition. Oh my golly. I love that. Thank you so much for being here. It has been an absolute pleasure. You're listening to CIOE 97.5 FM. And remember to go out and do something that makes you sparkle today and every day. We'll see you next time, friends. Bye for now. Here we are. Jennifer Stewart here with my friend Shar Meekins. And we just had a really great interview on uh, for CIOE for Find Your Sparkle with Jen will air tomorrow which is Friday January 29th and we literally were having so much fun we thought why not go live for a little bit actually sure that's That's right a great idea so here we go so we were talking during the interview you know with some of your about some of your career and your path got you into DD nursing and we've been having a lot of fun even even talking about you know how you you got called to do that and how all these synchronicities pulled you there and you're able to enjoy like this amazing life that you have now can you talk a little bit about some of the you know some of challenges that you had to overcome to get you to this point that you know we didn't have a chance to cover a lot of that during the Mm -hmm. interview so it's a great time to share some of that it is um you know in my in my book a path of purpose I talk about um so yay it's so exciting to have such a beautiful book um thanks to Jessica Tukey yes um So I would say just overcoming the lie that I had nothing to offer and that I couldn't be a professional and that I wasn't smart enough or, um, right. Mostly that was it. I wasn't smart enough. I, I was smart enough to be a good mom and I was smart enough to be a good wife, but that was it. That was the box I was living in. Now, where do you think, where did that come from? Where do you, where do you, how do you recall, you know, some of those early seeds that were planted that convinced you that you weren't smart enough? 
great question, Jen. <laughs> so neither one of my parents graduated from high school. And so school wasn't a high priority for our family. And I was the oldest. And I really struggled through school every year. For the first probably four years, my parents kept saying, you should be held back. You should be held back. And I didn't want to leave my friends. Right. His friends were important to me. And so for some reason, they let me have my way. I was probably the rebellious oldest child, right? <laughs> and uh, so I struggled all through school and barely graduated from high school with a C minus, right? And so that was what I lived with. And so um, one of the strengths I had in school was I was a fast typer. Um, Isn't that funny? And that's when electric typewriters first came out. And so I thought, well, at least I could get a job uh, as a secretary that typed, right? So um, because I loved any secretarial administration job that I've had, but um, but I still was limited in my thinking that that's that's I couldn't do anything other than be a secretary. So even though I've, I've loved every job I've ever had, but what was really in the core of my being, right, was to be a nurse. And so. for those of you who are tuning in here, tomorrow Shar shares some of her incredible story about how she went back to school as an adult and finished her degree and created a whole new life for herself. And I wanted to talk about can you hold your book up again? And, you know, it's great oh, that sure. we can talk here live because I love the book. The book cover is amazing. And it was actually created by a mutual friend of ours, which is really cool. Can you, you talk about even like when, when did you see that, that picture, that painting that Jessica oh. did? And, and how did you know that was it? That's a good question. Um, I think what I had done was Jessica has, uh, she's part of an art website that sells your art, right? And I was looking at her different art pieces. And at that point, my, um, you know, my author coach, Don Hudson, he had, we had processed what a good title for my book would be. And a path of purpose was what we had come up with. And then when I saw this picture, that's literally a path um, in a beautiful forest, right? Which is what I love. Um, I just knew that that was the, 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 you know, the artwork I wanted on my cover of uh, the book. You approached Jessica and I'm sure she must've been oh, flattered. Oh yeah, Jessica was great. And even yesterday I uh, was chatting with her online and told her I wanted to send her a copy of the book. And, and she says, do you love it? And I said, oh my gosh, I love it because it's so beautiful to look at, right? Yeah. It is. I, I mean, and I, yeah. I think anyone that looks at that can really, you really get it. And it just speaks to you. It's just, mm -hmm. it just it's perfect. So let's talk a little bit about writing process because you really like you had alluded mm -hmm. earlier when you go for it you go for it you jump in so it had been right. just a little over a year and mm -hmm. you've got your book written edited published that's pretty that's impressive right. 
you talk about that journey? Because I know we both had a chance to meet Don and you actually got to work with him closely. On yes. And I mean, oh my golly, what, what a privilege that must have been. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, it was wonderful. I had gone to a speaker author training uh, with Unstoppable Influence with Natasha and Rich Hazlett. And Don was our guest speaker. And um, after the session, he said, you know, for those of you that are interested, I will offer a uh, six-month uh, author coach training for you at a, you know, a discount. And, um, and I just spent money on my business coach, right? And I just like, oh, how can I put out another, you know, thousands of dollars? And Natasha said to me, but why wouldn't you? Why mm -hmm. wouldn't you? And I know if I hadn't done it, I probably wouldn't have wrote it. But Don was with me each step of the journey and really helped me see the value in bringing other people into my book, uh, getting testimonies from people in the community that I'd worked with as parents, as caregivers, as um, the director, as a, you know, um, administration, it was, it was excellent. So I have several, several testimonies in here. Yes. I love that. What was your biggest challenge writing a book? Um, making sure I was putting my writing time in. And um, as I start my second book, I realized that I need to go back to the format I had. So every morning at six o'clock, I would write, you know, even if it was 30 minutes or an hour, I would just get my computer out and I would start writing. Now, my next book for caregivers will be a little different because a path of purpose um, is about my story and my journey, right? So it's right. pretty easy to write about your journey. But I think the book that's on my heart for caregivers is is to be able to input my experience and then, you know, glean from research of other people in the caregiving field. So yes. I'll be doing more research for this one. Yeah. Okay. And it's funny during our break, I had shared to you that my daughter had worked in in that industry for a little while, uh, as when she was in before she went to university and during a period of time when she was mm -hmm. in university and honestly I mean I, I I could not do it I'm a very empathetic person and I I love people but I I don't think that I could do that what what are the attributes in in you Shar, that you know make you so passionate about this industry and helping people so uh, maybe people don't even understand the type of nurse I am. So oh yeah, we didn't talk about that really right Yeah, now. I don't think we did. No. So I'm a, I'm a community uh, nurse for intellectual and developmental disabilities individuals, and I have served both children and adults, um, but my primary uh, focus now is adults. And so... Um, the thing that astounded me when I started down this path as a DD nurse is my whole life, I had had individuals in my life that had developmental disabilities from a young girl, from knowing kids at church, all the way up to um, 
to today that I could name a dozen people within five minutes of, that were neighbors or friends or people that we gave respite care to or you know, it astounded me. And so when I applied for this particular job as a DD nurse, um, the director said to me, you have been prepared for this for a long time. Because I thought that was a norm. I thought everybody had those relationships. Everybody uh, just loved that field. And then I started realizing, wow. Uh, you know, I had, when I was worked for a veterinarian, um, I was the front desk person and there was two gentlemen that always brought their little dogs in and they were developmentally disabled, but they were um, higher functioning, verbal, but they were, you know, they were two guys that still lived with their family and they, you know, so they just kind of did their thing during the day and they would pop in to the vet's clinic just to visit. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we became friends um, and then they found out that I was some that I was getting married, and they were kind of like, "Oh, I'm not sure about this," and because oh. I'm sure they have crushes on me, you know? right? Yeah. And um, so they told me they said, "Well, we need to meet him before we approve." Oh, isn't that sweet? <laughs> it was so sweet, and so I did. I arranged for them to come to the vet's clinic when I was there and when when uh, my fiance would be coming in and so they met him and then I got their approval so it's just been a journey that was natural for me because I I see them as human beings that I look beyond the disability I know that they have their own dreams and their own desires and so for some reason I think I was the Lord just created me that way. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. That's so amazing. Now, I think, I don't think that we have this recorded, but you had said a lot of people treat people like children when right. they are intellectually or developmentally laid or disabled. And, and that is a huge no-no. And that was a mm -hmm. aha moment for me. Can you talk a little bit for our audience about that? Because that was what something that was like, Oh my golly, I'm guilty of that. I know I am. Yeah, it's kind of my, I always give, uh, I always talk to new staff about that. And I, you know, I tell them, here's my soapbox. Um, they are not your child. They are somebody that's an adult and they deserve your respect. And one of my pet peeves that I see with caregivers, whether it's at the hospital or long-term care, it doesn't matter, clinic right? You walk in and they go, hi, honey, how are you today? And it's like, first of all, my name is Char, right? I'm not your honey. And so that's, that really is a pet peeve of mine, because it doesn't communicate respect. It doesn't commun communicate that you are an individual with value, right? And so I really um, encourage people Think of them as adults. Think of them that they have choices. Right. Um, just don't assume that you can make a decision for them. If they choose not to take their medication, that's not about me. I can choose not to take my medication and they have the same choice. And so too often we put the people that we care for in a box and we think that they have to 
do what I want them to do. Oh my golly. Yes. It was, <laughs> that's, that sounds very familiar. And I think, you know, society has kind of conditioned us in, in some respects do that. So I'm really thankful for you mm-hmm. in educating people. And I know that, you know, your, your book includes a lot of your journey, but can you tell our audience mm-hmm. who, who is it, who's it directed to really? And, you know, is it for anyone or is it exclusively for nurses or caregivers? Right. So I think anybody, especially anybody that has had somebody with disabilities in their life, maybe they have a brother or sister with Down syndrome or cerebral palsy, maybe a cousin or maybe a neighbor or a friend. So really, I think anybody would glean from this book because um, they would they would connect with the stories and the values. And um, but my heart is really to train nurses because if you've been put in this field, and you've never cared for somebody with a developmental disability, it's so challenging because not only you're looking at mental health issues and physical issues, and um, there's just so much to it because somebody with a developmental disability can have a lot of comorbidities where they have several things that are wrong. And so pain control, can you imagine somebody with cerebral palsy that sits in a chair all day and just thinking about their pain level? Because my experience is their pain level is so high, their tolerance, right? I mean, I've even known of individuals that they've broken an ankle and they don't complain and you don't even know that they've been injured. And three days later, you it's swollen and you realize that you get an x-ray and it's fractured, right? So yeah, so you have to be the eyes and ears and your senses have to be alert to what their needs are because they may not be able to tell you. Yeah, it's huge, it's huge. That is, that's really huge. So for anyone who would like to get your book, how can they get it? Yes, so my publisher is Author House. And it's just under my name, Charlene Meekins, B-S-N-R-N. And, um, and, you know, I would love it once you read the book. It's a, it's, it's a short read. It's a quick read. Then you can go on to Author House and give a review. Let me know what you think. Awesome. Awesome. That's mm-hmm. great. Well, Char, it has been an absolute pleasure having being able to spend this time with you. Is there anything else that you would like to share before we go for today? I, you know, what I would say is the reason um, it's called a path of purpose is I want everyone to know that they also have a path of purpose. And if you have dreams and you have desires, I encourage you to go for them. Don't let other people's limiting beliefs, what they say about you, um, affect you. I think of kids and all the things that um, I was told as a child that I couldn't do it. So even as a child, don't give up on your dreams, no matter what anyone says. Words matter. That's what came into my head while you were talking is words matter. So for anyone out there who's, when you're speaking with people, remember, be cognizant of what words are that you are using. That's right. (laughs) And before we go, I will ask you again, what makes you sparkle? What makes me sparkle? Uh, That 
that my creator has given me a plan and uh, a purpose for life. Oh, you guys, that's so funny. My, my table's going up. Anyway, but that's really it, is being a reflection of God's love to other people. Oh my golly, this has been so much fun. I, I love every minute of it. It really has been a lot of fun. And I'm really glad that we decided to go live for this bonus segment. So that's, that's amazing. Right. So remember everyone, if you would like to hear Star's interview tomorrow, you can tune in live to www.communityradio.ca. Or if you're local in the Halifax area, CIOE 97.5 FM, and I will upload this episode to my podcast eventually on Anchor and we'll put the, I will put the link in there as well. But thank you again, Shar. It's been an absolute, absolute pleasure. It's been so nice catching up. Hopefully it's not so long next time. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, everyone. Remember to go out and do something that makes you sparkle today and every day. We'll catch you next time, friends. Bye for now.